And welcome to episode 39 of the Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. And so, another crisis-strewn week draws to close in SW6, with the proverbial cowpat of Fulham and their firm of chaps called Jeremy, who probably needed three cabs to get to the bridge yesterday, successfully negotiated. Jose Mourinho's Chelsea sit in fourth place, or teetering just six points above the relegation zone, depending on your point of view. Joining me to ponder the latest crisis from Mourinho and his men are Mark25, who is Mark. Hello. Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Good evening. And Grocer Jack, a man with an arse so red that Sir David Attenborough is likely to make a documentary about him at any time in the distant, not too distant future, otherwise known as Tony. Uh, good evening, and I'm sitting here in my Vaseline underpant. Excellent work. Get, let's, let's guess. We are, we are going to be the first podcast ever to be sponsored by Vaseline, I am convinced of it. Gents, good evening. We will, we will start off with the um, debacle that was otherwise known as the Basel game in midweek. Um, Donald, Mark, you were there. I was, um, I was hiding to avoid the whole sorry mess. Um, you were both there. Who wants to go first? Donald. Donald Rush. <laughs> um, okay, I, uh, I watched it from the West Stand Upper, where I'd never been before. I was. Um, the evening didn't start well, really, because just even trying to get into the West Stand, it's I'd a bit never, of a task, yeah. isn't it? Yes, for for. A, a relatively new construction. It's, uh, it's there's just not enough gates, as far as I can see. Yeah. So um, I was a bit irritated to miss like the first five minutes. Obviously, eighty-five minutes later, I was thankful. But you know, that's, <laughs> the, that's, that's the way it is. Um, yeah, it just it was just all far too tentative and. Um, no one seemed to, other than Oscar, no one really seemed to get into the game. You know, obviously, it wasn't that they didn't care or, or anything like that. I just, I think the confidence had taken a dent after Everton. Mm. Um, and as numerous people have observed, people just seem to be running away from the ball. The guy who had the ball in an attacking situation always seemed to be isolated. And they rarely sort of moved the ball with any any speed and pace and you know I didn't underestimate Basel I, once we'd had that result against Everton I felt it could well be a difficult night because you know they were a decent side they were well organised but we had enough to see them off last season yeah but they've and, um, they've, they've, yeah. they've put paid to um, to United and Spurs in, in hmm. European competition in, in recent years so they're not um, they're not to be underestimated and um, I'll, 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 I'll I will throw in the the inevitable point that was um, made in the press conference and um, what all the media picked up was um, the, the young eggs who need nurturing comment um, yeah. I th- whether this is this is kind of a, you know, Mourinho is very good at a narrative and whether this is the narrative that is going to develop over the season that it, it's young yeah. eggs and they, they need to, you know, they need to, to grow and develop and mm. all that kind of stuff, but actually the average age of the side on the on the pitch was I, th- I, can't th- I think it was about 27 or 28 yeah, overall 27. so it's it's not the most valid of arguments, albeit that yes, there are some some kids in there who need a bit of time. Um, six six to eight of them had, had played. Well, I think I wrote in that. Um, um, Swixers. I wrote some. Article. Did I put it in there? I, I somewhere along the line. I feel you. Did, there, yeah, was, I you did. there was six of them played in the two legs against Basel, and eight of them in the final. So, yeah, That's I don't. Hardly an inexperienced team. Yeah, that that's not really washing with me that 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 line. You know, I, I don't think I don't think it needs to go down that road because it's, it's not going to wash with a lot of people. Um, it was just a poor performance. You know, as you say, anything that's slightly off the boil these days is a crisis. But you know, off, off the boil, indeed. Um, another egg reference there. Well done. Yes, and uh, possibly also a reference to. Um, to someone's posterior, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was—I mean, there was so little to say that I had to write that nonsense I wrote because I couldn't do a proper report on it. This, yeah, it was just so. It was just so poor. It was dispiriting. But you know, you you move on, and um, it's, it's you don't sort of overreact to these things. You just have to, you know, hope that they're going to put it right. It's so early in the season. And little did we know that the the hot brick of crisis was going to be passed along quite so quickly to yeah, well, as, as places up north. 
as yeah. does happen at this this time of the season. I think, and you, I think you made the, the point on the the blog earlier on um, that that's exactly what happens. Is yeah, now it's it's United who are in crisis because they were hammered royally hammered as well in the um, in the Manchester derby today but then again you know four weeks ago it was Arsenal who were going to have a terrible season but you know they bought themselves a, a world class player who's making them tick and, and ridiculously so having watched it today a, you know a, a beating Stoke by outscoring them in, in terms of set pieces which is, is so ridiculously mm. well turned on its head it's not true um Mark, you, the Basel game. Can you pick out any bright points? Is there is there anything good to say about it? I think the moon was particularly bright, just coming up over the ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it was. It, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's very, very large and very, very bright. It was quite romantic, to be honest. Oh, that's very, very sweet. It was a, a bad moon rising, though. It would seem. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tried, tried. I mean, I think it's difficult to talk about individual games in isolation this early in the season. Mm. Um, I mean, la- last week I talked about you know getting all the ingredients out on the workbench, and um, that's what we need to concentrate on really. And this week, one of Mourinho's eggs has rolled off the workbench and cracked, crashed, and smashed all over the floor. But it doesn't matter because he's still got plenty of eggs left to work with and he can still make a very very fine cake so um, it's not too uh, not too important really um, it's not, it's not I, mean, I, think, I, I don't think we can separate talking about the team Matteo Mourinho style of play from one individual game I think you've got to talk about the whole the thing as a whole really yeah no, that's a good point so if, if you're willing to let me broaden it out into the whole as opposed to just Basil well, We'll, we'll do that. Otherwise, I'll, I'll wait for you to allow me to do that. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll do that um, once we... I mean, there, there, there really doesn't appear to be a huge amount to say about Basel. I, I think in, you know, in, in terms of the Champions League itself, we really don't want to be going out at the group stage for two seasons in a row because that, that would be particularly poor. That said, I don't think we will. I think if you're going to have a defeat get it out of the way fairly early on I think it was our, it was our home draw against Juventus last season that, that stuffed us completely um, but there are you know five games left they're all winnable for a team of um, you know the quality that we've got so I don't think we should be um, wetting our beds and panicking and, um, and, and screeching just yet so I, I think if, if there is going to have to be a defeat then it's probably come at the right stage Um I think one thing that concerns me is the, uh, and I, I confess my ignorance here because we're into technicalities, but the term workbench when applied to baking and so on, uh, workbench I always think of as, you know, sort of woodwork and, and metalwork and things like that. Do, do people who are doing baking and cookery general, in general refer to it as a, a workbench? I don't know. I think so. Did you did you go off into the metalwork and woodwork stream then at school, Bernard? Because I, I went yes. into the home economics course. <laughs> I was I was very I, much I, I, my side very early. I was very much on the artisan artisanal side, I should say. Yes, you had a craft, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. I see. I see. Um, I was I was hopeless at metalwork and woodwork and um, cooking as well. But um, that's another turn. Tony. You did you, did you excel in any of the? Um, Oh shit! All of them. Really those those arenas. So. Uh, <laughs> it's very honest. Very honest of you. Uh, and I had a I had a bad experience with a woodwork teacher. I've never really forgiven him, and I'm going to give him mm. a good idea when I see him one day. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's for a story for another day. Probably best we move on quite swiftly. Let's hope he's not watching your sponsored walk. He might be um, a bit shocked that you've looped yourself up <laughs> in anticipation of meeting him. Yeah, uh, I owe that bastard one. But Let's carry on. <laughs> Duly noted. Um, I can't, can't remember where we got to. Um, I think um, uh, the only thing, or the thing that came out of certainly Everton, and which we, we talked about last week, and, and Basel, were, or was the point that we look very un esque at the moment, and uh, appreciate we'll get onto the whole business of changing style and so on and so forth. Um, but you just expect a bit of solidity in defence and the ability to keep the ball and so on and so forth. Um, not, none of which really 
were apparent certainly in the second half against Everton and against Basel um, but I think a win we'll talk about Fulham in a second but a win yesterday was was kind of the critical thing um, and this this is where this is where good managers thrive and this is where to sort of digress a little bit but just to illustrate the point this is where David Moyes is going to have to earn his money because where Ferguson was always fantastic was yes you know he'd get great results and he'd win titles but actually what he was very good at was when they got beat you know had a bad defeat which they did occasionally he got you know if there was a run of two or three results that weren't particularly good all of a sudden they would just plug out three or four one nil scrappy one nil wins you know not not playing particularly well not looking particularly confident but just getting a result and then build from there and that I think is what we now need to do you know yes we've had it's not a bad run because it's it's early in the season it's only a couple of games but actually we need to build on full and we've got four away games all of which are, are tough in their own their own right it's just to build on what we did yesterday get a few results and I think you know when we do when we speak again in in two weeks time we'll be able to get hopefully get a better idea of where we stand um Tony you you obviously didn't see the Basel game to any great degree like like me um do you have any thoughts to chuck into it or um only that um I I just think there's a bit of too much bedwetting going on around the whole um thing you know that was our first Champions League home defeat since 2003 and uh, that's, that's quite a staggering record it's not um, bad going yeah. when you think about it and coming off the back of I think I, you know there's a combination of circumstances we lost to Bayern Munich in a in a, a sort of competition on a penalty shootout which is a bit of a lottery as we all know um, we played well against Everton I, I, I maintain that we just caught Everton caught us with a, a sucker punch if you like and um, you know um, if it was a boxing match they just caught us with a, a bit of a, a, an uppercut and knocked us bandy for the rest of the game mm. you know on any other day we'd have, we'd have rattled in two or three goals and I, I wasn't unduly worried at the end of that for the Basel game I, I, you know, there's five games left in that, and I think the, the people who've, you know, and I think it is the press's job to build up and say, "Well, crisis club," um, and now they can go and turn their attentions to Manchester United, of course, today. Well, yeah, that's it. We've all, you know, <laughs> you know there's got to be a crisis club, yeah. Isn't there? Isn't there? And, and I think they're, they're looking for it, and they'll start saying, "Oh, you know, there was a load of bollocks in the mirror yesterday about Mourinho on a collision course with Abramovich because he dropped Matter and Louise and what have you." I don't believe that Hang for on. a minute. Bollocks in the mirror. Well, yeah, yeah. So, say it ain't so. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shocking thing to. I think I've uncovered the fact that they might talk a load of shite from every, you know, every now and then. It was, you know, and I just thought you, you, you've you've got no evidence on this whatsoever. You know, there's not even an an insider said. You know, it's all speculative, you know, very speculative and, you know, finger in the air stuff. You know, well, he, he must be upset. I mean, he didn't smile a lot during the win over Fulham. Some people smile a lot and some people don't. You know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's a ridiculous thing. And I think, you know, I know we're going to move, we're going to move on to Fulham in a minute. And I, 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 I'm going to uh, challenge um, your, your, uh, your, your theory that, you know, we, um, we didn't look that good yesterday. Um, and, and I'll explain why when we come on to it. But, um, you know, I, I just think people are in the pack. But, you know, we, we have a blip every November and December. Maybe we're just having it early in the season. Mm. Uh, and people forget the first four games under Mourinho um, in 2004 were two wins and two goalless draws. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, a bit very of perspective. True. No, indeed, indeed. That's, that's a fair point. Um, so I think actually, yeah, probably the best thing to do is actually to move on to Fulham um, because there is really isn't too much to say about Basel. Um, we move on, we play Stoy Bucharest um, away on, no, I think. Well, it's a week on Wednesday, whatever the date may be, um, and yeah, a result out there would would be would reset the balance. Should yeah. we say? I think yeah. that that, yeah. Would, that would do us quite nicely. Um, and I think if you want, you know, if uh, looking at a load of bollocks in the mirror is what you want, then <laughs> I, I can o- I can only suggest glazed wardrobe doors. Would be. <laughs> Face wardrobe doors and a lack of underwear in the bedroom. 
would be uh, my word, would sir. Be, it would be a much better way yeah. of, of, of doing it. Really. My yeah. word, sir. Do you have a webcam? Um, <laughs> no, I think that's um, that's that's probably a valid point to um, to to end on. Um, so we move to Fulham. Um, Chelsea, for, 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 despite the fact that it is, it is one of the world's cl- most closely or geographically close local derbies um, they're never exactly what you call thrilling for the simple reason that as we point out to Fulham fans on a regular basis we don't hate you you're just shit yes. um, and um, and I think that kind of carried through yesterday um, the first half they, they sort of turned up without a great deal of ambition and, and stuck banks of four behind the ball and, and just tried to stop us playing and I, and, and I will quantify Tony you're absolutely right I'm probably being a little pessimistic to say we weren't terribly good I don't think we were allowed to be terribly good I think it was just a very very solid game plan from Martignol and his boys and, and they, they set out their stall and once we finally breached it and, and Oscar got the goal they didn't really have much of an answer um, so a 2-0 win um, a goal for John Obi Mikel, which is fantastic stuff because um, he's a a good servant to the club and um, and a much underrated player who receives far more stick than he did, ever deserves. Um, and to, couldn't agree more to to get himself a a, a goal and a very well taken goal as well. Um, I think was um, was was rather good for the man. Um, Tone, you were there. You can kick us off. What do you think? Um, so I know that when we met at half time. Um, we, we, we weren't thrilled, were we? We weren't thrilled, and we'd, we'd had the conversation about the danger of a game of football breaking out, etc. Um, and come the second half, I would take the point um, around you know Fulham coming with a game plan. We've had this before; teams coming with banks of four, you know, digging in, and, and, and you know, even without creative Herbert, so you know, having a problem breaking them down. We still looked a better team, and I think over oh, yeah. the whole game, if you looked at the possession, I think it was something like sixty-seven to thirty-three or something. You know, um, we, oh, okay. Uh, they, you know, Darren Bent was just a, a big lump. Um, he should have scored from the in the first half, but then so should we. I mean, that uh, uh, Stockdale quite remarkable performance at times yesterday. I thought um, he's, he's had a couple of good games against his, the past, his save. As I recall. His save from Torres' header was out, out. We all thought that was a goal. We'd, we'd yeah, all, no, I we was, were up. I was up, um, and for him to save it. Uh, all I would say, though, uh, just challenging what you were saying earlier on slightly, but in a nice way um, about the fact that we, you know, Ferguson had this ability to turn the team and then grind out a few wins. For me, yesterday's performance was more like the old Mourinho uh, Chelsea than I've I've seen this season, uh, and and I'll quantify it with we appeared to be doing that resting on the ball thing. Okay, and every now and then we would step it up, you know, we'd sit back, we'd absorb whatever Fulham were trying to do, which wasn't particularly much, move the ball around nicely, and and it did give the impression of a kind of humdrum first half, okay, Um, but that's my recollection of a lot of Mourinho games before. You know, where it was all about patience, about, you know, we could do, we'll do this, we, but we can't play like we did in the first half against Hull for the entire game. Mourinho said that himself. You know, you played fantastic football, but the second half, you're always going to run out a bit of steam. And I just think this yesterday was a little bit more about players understanding the idea of keeping, keeping something in reserve, pushing up, knocking up another gear when you needed it. Mm. Um, second half, I thought we played some outstanding football at times and I thought um, Hazard was marvellous in the way he tracks back he, he's he's uh, um, picked up the idea of going back and getting it on the rare occasions he loses the ball um, to go back Oscar well to call him a winger midfield fat knows what he was yesterday but boy like, that, gra- that boy grafts oh, all over the pitch the distance, doesn't Jesus he? Christ uh, you know um, and I think the, the, the worst aspect about our game Yesterday was our pathetic socks with the blue flash on them. I don't like that. <laughs> White socks, please. None of that bloody blue rubbish, man. But you know, in general, I thought we were good. Um, and John O'Brien, Mikel, outstanding yesterday. It, the yeah, Fulham got past him at one point. I think we said that, didn't we, at half time? Mm. There was one bit where I mean, they they sort of just keep, he, he stuck a stuck a lazy leg out and boom, the, the player was past him. That happens. But for the rest of that game, he was marvellous and, and immaculate. Uh, for those who weren't at the game. Um, who were at the game on Sky after the Basel game Michael Ballack 
okay, who's now a regular pundit on the Sky Euro thing, or whatever. And, and more intelligible than Jamie Carragher. Oh, and, and, and utterly fair. Well, you know, I think we've all got a bit of a man crush on him, because he, you know... If I if if I was going to, I think Michael would be the one. And he 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 actually said <laughs> splendid facial hair. <laughs> indeed, um, but he he said that he thinks that John O'B. McKell should be one of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah, okay, yeah, because he's so good. And he and his words were, he said, and I should know, I won a double with him. Yeah, he's, I think that's yeah. I quoted this to to someone moaning about. McKell the other day, and yeah. um, you know, this man knows he played next to him and yeah. won. You know, a, fa- a fairly decent trophy hall next to him. That's um, that's not to be sneezed at, kind of thing. Exactly. Um, so I, I was happy with yesterday. I thought more like the old Mourinho sides, a bit of caution, but there was always that ability to step up. I think we did it, and Fulham were the right team to start going back into that if need be. So I'm I'm mm. I'm, I'm still in a position of um, confidence and happy. Whether we'll win the Premiership, but we will be top three without a shadow of a doubt. You're a happy man, then. Indeed. Excellent. Uh, Mark, your thoughts? About Fulham? Yes, indeed. Sorry, why? Well, I can't talk about Fulham in isolation. I think we've got to talk about the whole workbench, really. (laughs) Ah, right. We're we're, we're still... I'll I'll wait till we get onto the workbench. No, that's that's fair enough. Um, Donal? Um, Yeah, I... I, I, um, I missed the first... I was listening to the first half on the radio... And uh, generally, it was on talk radio. And Sam Matterface tends to commentate on the game and on the rhythm of the game. You know, you can tell by his, his voice what's happening in terms of he tells you about the passing that's going on rather than chats away to his mate for 20 minutes and then screams like they do on Radio 5 a lot of the time. And it was very slow and stilted. You know, you could tell from the way he was commentating that things weren't happening um i saw the second half uh, up until the 82nd minute when um i had to repair to the kitchen um in order to have the family the saturday evening family meal and thinking that uh, we possibly might see the game out but probably wouldn't something would go wrong and uh the uh Radio was switched on in the kitchen just in time for me to hear John Obi Mikel had just put the ball in the net. And, uh, you know, it was one of the, the great, I could have seen that if only I'd been in my seat. Um, <laughs> I think it, it was probably the most notable one of those I've had since the day I was many, many, many years ago when I was uh, at Twickenham and uh, sitting probably only about 10 seats down from where Erica Rowe emerged um, ah. to show to oh. show her chesticleized bits to everybody. I, along with several several thousand people, was uh, downstairs um, in the act of urination, and when I came back, was wondering what all the fuss was about. <laughs> so it was a very similar moment. To that. <laughs> but why, um, why did you why did you cook supper to arrive ten minutes before the end of the game? I it wasn't my turn to do it. Uh, it was taken by the distaff side, who um, Spurs fans. She took over the workbench and prepared. I mean, it's good you trained her to cook cook for you, but why can't you just train? Well, she doesn't so much cook, cook for me. To she cook at the cook, right time. She cooks. <laughs> she cooks for the children and throws a, an extra bit in for me. <laughs> if, you know, if, if we're going to probe, if we're going to probe the, uh, yeah, the domestic just... arrangements under which I currently live, that would probably be a better description of what goes on. So, so. It, it's 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 you're here, otherwise your dinner's in the dog, and we haven't even got a dog. Yes, Indeed. and you know you can't get children to, to as everyone probably knows, you've got to you can't sort of tell them that they've got to switch the television off and come to the dinner table and so on and so forth, and then not do it yourself. So I was hoist by my own disciplinary petard. Ah, <laughs> oh, I so see. There you go. I see. But yes, I mean, I was, uh, it was great. Uh, watched it on Match Today. Great. I like Tony. I'm a, uh, a Mikel lover. I've always liked him. Um, I think he's a player's player. I think it's a bit like the old music thing. He's a session musician. You know, players who play with him appreciate what he does. He doesn't necessarily... Um, attract the eye of, of, of the 
the casual fan or the passing. I mean, I talk to lots of people who support other teams who are well aware of, of many Chelsea players, but none of them have any yeah, don't. time or don't rate because don't even understand why he's in the team. And I hope there's quite a few Chelsea fans think that way as well. But I for me, I always think he's a he's a he's a fairly key player. Yeah, no, I think it's it's a very good point actually, and I think um, you probably get the same. But you know, the players like um, Carrick at United mm. just. Uh, if if you don't watch him every week and you don't support, him, I mean, even if you do watch him every week and, and support support the team, you may not get it. But I think there's always been, certainly in terms of English football, there's always been this sort of bizarre lack of understanding about what a defensive midfielder is actually meant to do, mm. and and the, the criticisms thrown at him are, are numerous and and by and large an absolute sack of crap I think um, he has turned a corner I think since that that uh, because he sort of was in and out with Nigeria wasn't he you sort of had fallings out and so on and so forth mm. I think since that African Cup of Nations where in the build up to that the qualification and you know going through the competition where he obviously became you know central to the way the team played uh, yeah. and the team was sort of built around two or three players of which he was one I think you know it, it He's come on since then, and this idea that he's just someone to stick in front of the back four, you know, he, he's not got the range of passing of a, uh, you know, of a Carrick or some of the people like that, or Alonso, Shabby Alonso, say people, but he does, to me, he, he progresses the ball forward very quickly these days. He, he's one of the few players who can receive the ball with his back to the opposition goal, turn and move the ball on. Uh, in in one movement, I, I've watched him closely the last few games. He does move the ball up the pitch very quickly compared to the way some of the other players. And Ramirez rarely does it for whatever reason, mm. but Mikel gets in the space and and will actually run into space now. He doesn't hold his position rigid, probably because he's playing as one of the two, and you know is proving much more of a link-up man. As I say, he, he won't be a Lampard in in. The clever ball or something like that, but he can play a very, very perceptive direct ball very quickly, and I think that's something that Mourinho is looking for. Yeah, I, I think aside of everything else, I think, and we'll come on to the the overall balance of the team. But I think the key thing is that he just he can set the pace of the game, and he actually just holds onto the ball, and like you say, he distributes it well. He doesn't lose it. Well, he barely loses it at all. And actually, that's what we needed yesterday, was just to be able to hang on to the ball and just control the pace of the game, yeah. for which he is an absolutely ideal an ideal player to do so. And I think I speak for the, the not just all Chelsea fans, but the whole world, that we want to see the bloke who tweeted uh, that if Mikel scored, he would... He would shit. Was it cut all his hair off, put it in a pie, and eat it, or something? <laughs> this was that you know, rude, was that rude Hill, then? <laughs> <laughs> this is something like twenty minutes or half an hour before it actually happened. Someone on Twitter was obviously getting frustrated with Mikel or something, but he said, "If he ever scored, I'll shave my head off and put it in a pie and eat it or something." Fabulous. So we're all looking forward. Hopefully, they'll bring him out at half time no, the next home it's... game. <laughs> well, it was. Um, it was um... Is it Rodney Marsh, um, who he said, if, "If if Bradford stay up, oh, you can you can sit me in the the centre circle and shave all my hair off," and and actually did so when they stayed up. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. fair play. So I'm, I'm not particularly a big fan of the man, but he he was true to his word and and uh, on television <laughs> went out into the centre circle in a barber's chair and had all his hair shaved off. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think um, fair, fair play to those who, who carry through. This is why we don't make these ridiculous claims on here. Um, so we'll move on. I, I can tell Mark is is itching to talk about the overall workbench rather than the individual bits of. Um, so we'll go on and... I think it's something he's prepared earlier then, is it? I, 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 it's not at all, actually. It's not. I can't talk about individual games at this you point. See. You need the bigger picture. So it's not yeah. like these cooks who show you how to do everything and then say, here's one I put into the oven an hour ago. No, no I've got oh, nothing right. in the oven. Right, OK. All right. There's now in the oven. Right. My, so, my wife has actually. It's it's um it's she just knocked on the door to say it's it's ready. So I'm going to have to go. I told her to prepare it at a, an appropriate time. <laughs> 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 
can't, you just can't train words now. You can't like get the staff, can you? Um, oh dear. Well, in which case, we we will move on to um to the, to the overall workbench. Um, Mourinho's post-match interview yesterday was very interesting in the sense that we we spoke about this before we came online. Um, he spoke in great detail about what he wanted for the team and how he wanted us to play, what he felt we weren't doing right, how he, he felt we, we, we haven't performed overall this season. Um, and and obviously, the, you know, the, the hot question of the moment um, came up, which is is Matter's absence. And, and he explained, I thought, very eloquently about why he's playing Oscar there at the moment and why what he wants Matter to do and where he wants him to play. And... It's interesting. I understood what he was he was getting across, and I actually thought it made an awful lot of sense. And if if you had doubts about what he was doing, that I thought it explained it quite well. Um, it's the kind of thing that I think he's fortunate because he's in a position where he's able to do that sort of thing. If Benitez had said the same thing last season, you know, they'd have been rioting. But because it's Mourinho, he's got the fans on his side, and he has the ability to to say, "I'm going to do this." You might not you may not like it, you might not think, you know, it may not be popular, but this is the way we want to play. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and, and overall, I think my key thing is that we, we've not really looked like a Mourinho team this season and irrespective of, of results, I just don't think we've looked anywhere as assured or as confident as, as Mourinho sides generally look. But you can put that down to any number of reasons. You know, obviously it's, still very early days we're trying to do something different as we t- I think we touched on this last week we're not only changing a spine of a team in terms of losing the Terries and the, and the Lampards and Czech and, and so forth over the next few seasons or as, as would seem to be likely to happen we're actually changing the style of the way we play so it's actually about replacing players and changing the style so it's a lot to do um so there's no real specific question, but Mark, I want you to just tell us your thoughts about how you think we're playing at the moment, what you think Mourinho is trying to do, your thoughts on Matter and Oscar, and and just your general overview. Yeah, um, I mean, at random, because I, I genuinely haven't prepared anything. No, no, um, that's fair. I, I, do, I do find it very difficult, because all the matches seem very much the same. You can't really pick out mm. a moment, but... Um, I mean, in, in terms of um, Mourinho's post-match interview yesterday, I was impressed. And um, what, what I liked was his honesty mm. in that he didn't try and bullshit the fans. I mean, basically he said we had lots of possession. Most of it is meaningless. Very little um, penetration in terms of good through balls or cutting runs and not creating enough chances, which is exactly how I see it. You know, had he come out after the game and done a Brendan Rodgers and said we're rediscovering the Shankly spirit or something, you know, in Chelsea terms about we're back to the swinging 60s with Osgood and Hudson mm. and this is the greatest thing for 40 years, I'd have um, felt sick. But the, the fact that actually he is um, describing what I'm seeing mm. means I feel quite relaxed about it because he's not stupid. Um, and therefore, if he's seeing what I'm seeing... He knows what to do about it, yeah. and therefore I'm sure he's working on the plan to make it better. Now, now, the fact that we're only five games in, and it is the dullest football I've seen since Mourinho's last stint at the bridge, and the results have been a bit mixed, again, doesn't unduly bother me, because I, I feel um, if we got off to a flying start, expectations would be falsely set. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that over time, he will turn things round. Um, in, in terms of matter and Oscar, I honestly believe that if we keep Oscar, he will be the best player of the generation. Yeah, um, no, I, I liked him from day one. I, I mean, the fact that the guy is um, slight and fragile looking and looks like one strong puff of wind might blow him out of the stadium, that he, he goes in against the biggest blokes and puts in the fiercest tackle which sort of shames me the way I used to play football, that I'd always be the other side of the pitch if I saw the big bloke. Mm. Um, You know, I I don't know how he goes in so fearlessly against anyone and wins the ball and he was chasing back. 
But more than that, he's got amazing skill and technique. He can bring the ball down immediately and turn uh, with the ball. You know, he is, to me, better than Matter. Hmm. So if it was a choice of, is it Oscar or Matter? Well, I'd have to say Oscar. I mean, what Mourinho is saying publicly, um, I feel a bit sorry for Matter in that he is being given his, um, his sort of review publicly by his boss. Basically, we could have both in the team but you're going to have to change and um, pull your finger out. And I don't think, I'm not sure Matter can, I don't think he's that kind of player, that he's going to be able to chase up and down the wing, tracking back. I don't think he's got it physically within him. Yeah, I just don't think he's got that sort of... And, and so if that's the case, you know, Mourinho is the boss. Everybody wanted Mourinho. We have to let him get on with it. Mm. And if his analysis says that... Um, Sorry, he might have been player of the year two seasons running, but he's not the kind of player I need to play the way I want to play. He's not an ingredient. I'm not making a chocolate cake, therefore I don't need chocolate. It's something completely different. It's a rum barber. Taking us all back to the 1980s. <laughs> I mean, I'm in, a, um, I'm in a harvester already. <laughs> yep. You know, it's not a black forest gatto. It's a rum barber. Matter is going to have to go. If that's the case... I respect that. Oh, good point. I, you know, we, we we hark back to the podcast that we we did when Mourinho arrived, and you know, you you were the most sceptical, and, and you know, you and and eloquently put across the reasons why you were sceptical and and what you thought. Um, he must he must have been pretty convincing for you to to say right, okay. If that's if that's what he's saying, I, I agree, and I and I agree about Oscar. I think it's a really bizarre situation to be in, and it's one of those classic things where you know, if you ask Jimmy Redknapp, you know, well, it's a great problem for a manager to have that actually to have two, you know, absolutely superb number tens, one of whom is. You know, in, in terms of in matter, we have an excellent player. Yes, we all know what he can't do, but actually, what he can do is extraordinary. And over the last two seasons, he's shown us that. But to actually have a 21-year-old kid who, or 22-year-old kid who, is probably going to go to the World Cup in his home country next year, where they have a good chance of winning it, and he will potentially be one of the stars of the game after we hope an excellent season with Chelsea. I mean, that's quite extreme. You know. We know how we've moved on as a as a club over you know during the Abramovich era, but to be in that kind of position with a player like Oscar, I mean that's extraordinary. I still you still can't quite reconcile what the potential this guy has. Um, and uh, to be honest, yeah, the number of people I've spoken to pretty much agree with you, Mark. Is that you know Matt is a great player, but on merit and on form this season and in terms of potential Oscar is there justifiably so there's there's no yeah I don't think it's easy to look at form this season I don't think you can look at Matter's form this season and say he's no, not good that's, that's a fair point I think the problem is he can't you know he's, he's had a very um, long summer we've had a long two years basically yeah and he I don't think he can play the way Mourinho wants him to play so I, I think he's been set up to fail He's been put on the pitch to not play in his favourite position behind the centre forward, stuck on the wing and told to run back. Well, you might as well ask me to go out and do that. I mean, I can fail just as well at that as um, matters. So, um, you know, he, he's just not up to the task that um, Mourinho wants him to perform. Yeah. But you, you mentioned about um, Mourinho and, you know, when he joined about me being um, sceptical. You know, I was. Um, but I don't, we, I don't want to spend the whole season... Yeah, I don't want to spend the whole season bitching and and every time we have a bad result, saying, oh, look, I told you so about Mourinho. You know, we've just got to get on with it now. And, and um, uh, what, what, you know, one of the things I was nervous about was him having um, tantrums after games and doing things that would embarrass the club. Well, he, he hasn't done that yet. But to be fair, there's been nothing really to there's, give him there's cause been no to do that. Has there? No. no, but so, you know, if he behaves himself, that's one of my fears kept in abeyance. Um, but I mean, I, no one can doubt the fact that um, he knows how to win and he knows how to build successful teams. And therefore, even if it's not quite the football I'd like to see, I'm happy to let him get on with it. And the fact that um, results have been a bit iffy so far—it's well, only been five games. I mean, give, you know, give the team and him a bit, a bit of time to develop. Yeah. 
no, I think that's it's very reasonable and very well put across. Thank you. That was um, that was interesting to listen to. Um, Tony, Thank you very much. that's quite right. Quite right. Um, Tony, your your thoughts on it? I mean, you you know, you're as, as much of a, a fan of of matter as the rest of us, but I think you also see the potential in Oscar. Um, and you're probably, I'd, and I don't, I don't say this with any any leading intent. You're probably the biggest Mourinho fan out of all of us, so you're more likely to accept what he's saying. But you know, your your thoughts on on our current situation and what he's doing with the players and the system he wants and so on and so forth. And I say that I don't know whether you've seen that interview. Yes, I did. I, you I did. Saw the okay. Interview. Um, the one I hadn't seen was the the comments he'd made. Um, uh, whether it was the sky or not where um, they said something about Matter and he said well you know I played him in this game and I played him in this game you analyse his performance um, which was quite telling um, I believe he had a similar issue with Joe Cole and uh, Joe Cole came out of Chelsea a better player than he came than he came in mm. um, it may have gone off the rails after he went off to Liverpool or whatever but um, actually it went off the rails after Mourinho went as I recall, it was, it was that it was that knee injury. I think I don't think it was ever the same after he had the yeah he had a, he had a long was, time yeah. out with a bad knee injury and it I don't was, think it was a combination. Ever. And I always mm. sorry to interject, but I always uh, felt with, with Joe Cole that he, he I liked him, but I think he he was one of those guys who was probably badly advised and, and not the smartest in terms of choices for your career. Yeah, in the actually. Uh, it's it sort of I, I kind of like it when Michael Owen left Liverpool I think he was probably badly advised and you know he could have actually you know he could have been their best played player oh god yeah could have stayed and he'd have had a European Cup winner's medal yeah. he went to Real Madrid had a decent season you know decent yeah. time and he's done very well out of it um, and I think Joe Cole's very very much the same if he'd have yeah. accepted that he wasn't first choice and could have stayed and played a part yeah he could, have, I, I, he could have. He could have had a. You know, he could have been, been in Munich. The, the, the reason I used Joe Cole is because, um, the, you know, there was Rick Glanville and I, uh, and myself. Yeah, I, t- I think maybe been today. Actually, I'm a, a, a tad tired after me ride today. But um, we, we had a sort of a, 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 an exchange of views because what outraged me yesterday, and I was outraged, was before I met you, was the booing at half time. I went fuck. It. I was, yeah, I was yeah, actually I, standing there saying, "Shut the fuck up!" You're not. I was out loud. Because I was so incensed by the stupidity of it, um, uh, 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 you know, for, for no apparent reason other than the, the, everyone expects us to be six nil up at half time. But for me, the whole matter thing, and and the, the kind of exchange that we had through Twitter, and I think Burnsy Boy and a couple of others, was this this question that we know better than Mourinho, that the fans say, well, well because Matter was player of the year two seasons on the trot, um, therefore he's he's an instant. Well, I think. The, the title coach is, oh, it's sorry, about sorry, sorry to interrupt Tony yeah. but I think actually we should quantify this and this is this has happened before he was players player of the year for, uh, sorry oh, he was right. fans player of the year for two seasons right. in a row right. and I think Ramirez won it one of those seasons as players player of the uh, year right. okay. and this sort of actually it slightly reminds me and again it goes back to Joe Cole and I'll make it very quickly because I've interrupted you again but the year that um, I think the season after Mourinho left Joe Cole put in that fantastic performance against Spurs in the 4-all and he won fans player of the year I think pretty much off the back of that when actually our standout player was Carvalho by a country mile yeah. mm. over, over, that, over the course of that season so I think that that fan, the fans player of the year and the players player of the year are actually two different things and it's right. interesting to different yeah, there's a carry on. If I can just interrupt with one more thing. Sorry, Tony. Can I just yeah. say one more thing also? It would be interesting to, to analyse um, which fans are showing discontent and were booing and are just unhappy generally with the matter situation and which fans were really, really pro-Mourinho coming back, that it was their lifelong dream fulfilled. And if you drew a Venn diagram, I was going to say this, and and overlap them, um, I'd like I'd like to interview some of those people because if if they are Jose lovers, fundamentalists, and there are Jose fundamentalists out there, they have to they just have to go with whatever he says. Exactly. They, they cannot they cannot question his decision over matter. They have to believe more yes. in the um, Mourinho method. And, and that's that's I guess partly leading into my point. 
you know, Mourinho is a it, arguably after Ferguson the most successful coach on the planet today. Okay, um, and you know he's box office. He knows his stuff. He's an absolute workaholic. He looks into this stuff. You know, he lives and breathes football. Okay, and the title. You know, whether you call him manager or coach. Um, you know, where I work, coaching is all about developing people. It's about getting them to do things they didn't think they could do or getting them to realise their, their their abilities in other areas. Now, if he's there, he's saying, and he's doing this to Matt and saying, do you know what, you're a fabulous player, but this is what I'd like to see you do. I think you can do it, yeah. Whether Matter can do it or not is, is not for me to decide, okay? If he's talking about doing what Joe Cole never used to do, which is track back, work for the team, like Oscar, like Hazard does, um, like any other number of the players on there that do, you know, we've seen... Uh, do you remember Deco? Deco was the laziest bastard I think they ever pulled on a Chelsea shirt because he'd lose the ball and he'd just shrug his shoulders and wait for it to come back to him. Mm. And I think... But the matter's nowhere near that kind of level of, of um, apathy, if you like. But I think Mourinho sees it as a task. That is his role. That's his job to pick the team, to coach them, to develop the players, to make them better. And I always go back to this thing that Wenger did with Thierry Henry, who was little known when he came to this country. He was a winger, wasn't he, I think? you know. But no one went, yeah. wow, you've got a real Hollywood player there. Within two years, everyone was thinking, Jesus, I wish we'd bought him. Who knew he was going to be like that? Well, Wenger did because he saw that capability and he bought it out in him. And I think that's what Marina's... And I'm, I'm airing... You know, I'm playing a bit of, uh, I guess, uh, managerial advocacy here. I think that's what he's saying to Matter. Now, whether he should do it publicly or not, I don't know. But he's having to appease the fans, the press and everybody. And I think his interview yesterday, post that game, apart from the, the sheer joy of seeing him bitch slap Jamie Redknapp, um, <laughs> and, 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 and stand his ground against Rude Hullet as well, okay, mm. in a very calm, very collected, very yeah, thoughtful manner. It was very manner. reasonable, he didn't... Uh, Absolutely. Didn't, didn't and I, so, punches, but he was so very reasonable about it. You're right in the sense that I'm still very much a Mourinho fan. I like this new Mourinho. I like this kind of more mature, slightly mellowed version of him from, from before. And I just think, give it time. I think we'll see Matter making more appearances. And I think if Matter is the good professional that everybody believes he is, he will listen and he will want to learn and he will want to, to do that stuff that Mourinho um, is trying to get him to do. That's my spin on it. It's a positive spin. I think that's a perfectly fair point. I mean, you know, we look at this the other way. And actually, if, if, you know, as it's interesting to look at, you know, you look at the hacks on Twitter saying, oh, you know, all of those Chelsea fans that said there weren't, there wasn't a problem with matter. Well, as far as I can see, he's not suggesting there is a problem with matter. He's suggesting that actually this is what we need for the team. And, you know, frankly, if he didn't rate Matter that highly, he could have got rid of him. You know, there, were, there was ample opportunity and, and would have been plenty of takers for, to get rid of him in the summer. Precisely. He, he could have got shot. There's no question about that whatsoever. Let's, let's not sort of dance around, you know, well, well, so-and-so needs to go there or we need to buy X, Y, or Z. We, we could have sold Matter in the summer without any question whatsoever. And he didn't. So... I think, you know, Mourinho's no idiot. He's canny enough to know that there is a very good player there. And whilst it may he may not fit into what he currently wants, he knows that there is a, a smart football brain that, you know, on, you know, 25, 26-year-old shoulders who has the best years in front of him. If he can turn him into what he wants, great. If he can't, you know, like I say, it's 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 the old cliche it's certainly not a bad problem to have that if we can't play matter at number 10 then we play oscar well shit well, that's, that's that's terrible isn't it you know what i mean <laughs> exactly. what a disaster um so yeah i think all things considered it's certainly not a bad thing um Dodal, your your thoughts on on what we've we've discussed that the questions are, are, are quite clear so pitch your views in um obviously because of matter's popularity it's, it's become a sort of uh, something for all, all the, the worries about the, the early season start to coalesce around. But when you look at the number of players they've got, particularly midfield players, he just cannot play them all at yes. the same time. And he's making decisions all the time about, you know, who 
is going to form the backbone of the team, the ones that will play in all the big games. And, you know, some crowd favourites, I mean, he, he appears not to have been too enamoured with Louise's performance on, on Wednesday. Um, no, and I think... And that was the reason given, I don't know whether by him or just press speculation, that, that he wasn't playing. You know, this is going to happen quite a lot because we've got a relatively large squad of players who many people will consider... I mean, Azpilicueta hasn't had a look in. You know, now everyone says, well, you know, Ivanovic is playing well. Yes, he is, but he's not going to be able to play every game this season. Um, and it's interesting that that Azpilicueta hasn't, you know, had a game here or a game there to just see how he's meshing with this system. I, You know, th- th- I think there's quite a few of these things... Uh, controversies coming down the road. I, I do wonder in my wilder moments, uh, as I referred to in that uh, blog thing I wrote, that um, he, he, he's he got three Spanish players in that. So I just wonder whether there's some, there there's are, some hangover from his sort of Real Madrid dressing room disillusionment and so on and so forth, whether there is something that he's not I don't mean that he's written off all of Spanish football, but that there are aspects of the way Spanish players either play, approach the game or something, which he, he's, he's, not, he's not enamoured of or, or doesn't see fitting into what he wants to do. Um, I, I just, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that's pure speculation. and it's, no, it's wild, really. But when you look, you've, you've got Torres who was, you know, many people think Torres is only still at the club because the owner wants him there and has to be played, and we all said it last season with Benitez and so on, that one of the reasons Benitez got the job was possibly because they thought he could get Torres firing. Mm. You know, Torres doesn't uh, start automatically. As Pilicueta hasn't had a look in, and Mata, um, he, he's come out and said, yeah, I want to play Mata along with Oscar, but Mata is going to have to play a certain way for that to work. Uh, as I say, I don't mean it's a personal thing, and I don't mean it's a sort of xenophobia about Spanish people, but having had an extended stay in Spanish football, is there something that he's brought back that... I don't know, just I find it curious, that's all. No, no, fair, fair point. I think um, it's certainly not not a theory that hasn't been aired before, and I suspect, you know, if it carries on, it will... It will is that a polite way of saying I'm stunningly unoriginal? No, no, not at I all. No, 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 I think, um, I think it, it's, it's a point that... Um, <laughs> He says, backpedalling. Um, no, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. No, I, I, no, but the other, the I, other I live to rehash up, everything I read. <laughs> the, the other 48 people who told me that didn't say it quite as well as you. <laughs> or in such a lengthy, roundabout, zigzagging sort of a fashion. That's a, it's, it's, it's meandering, but it's pleasant. It's fine. I'm, I'm, we're good with that. Um, like a gentle running stream. Indeed, indeed. Um, no, I think... Um, it, it's going to be interesting, like Mike says. You know, let's not draw let's not draw too many conclusions in terms of where we are and and who's going to play and who's not and who's on the way out, and who isn't, because we're you know we're six or seven games into the season and there's an awful long way to go yet, and um, you know, much can happen. Um, can I just ask one question? Go ahead. Go ahead. To men of, of much experience and, and depth in, in the world of football, and you've probably got hundreds of coaching badges between you. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, the high block and the low block. Mm. When you didn't cover that in your woodworking uh, courses? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were too busy having to learn how to make shower doors because the guy who ran the woodwork, the woodwork teacher, obviously needed a pair of ranch-style shower doors for his house. <laughs> so while I just put together a glued lump of sticks, he took home at the end of term a beautifully manicured set of ranch-style shower doors. Ah, right, noted. But I was shit at woodwork and metal. Anyway, yes, no, I just wondered... <laughs> um, I think the other thing that fascinated me was that there's a whole language now in, in football coaching which... Um, you know, we on the outside. If I if I threw a, a board down and a set of pens and said, "Draw me a low block," how many of you could do it? And put your double pivot in there while you're at. Draw me a high block. Mm. You know, 
No, I think um, a high block is, 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 as far as I understand, and, and I'm no expert on these, and, you know, listen, there's plenty of 25-year-old hipsters with tactics blogs out there who use terms like double pivot on a regular basis. Personally, I find it as dull as shit. But Thank you, yes. That's just me too. That's just me. <laughs> Yay. Um, <laughs> Um, as far as I understand, the high block is that whole Barcelona, if we lose the ball, we can't let the opposing team have it for more than three passes. And you, you press them, not, you know, you don't sit and wait yeah. until they get to your half. You're at them the most. So why don't they just call it a high press and a low press? Which <sighs> used to call it. Why do we have to have the blocks? Oh, I don't know. It's Someone, some. Yeah, someone was writing a coaching it's, manual. It, it, it's football is going the way of art, okay? So that the minute people start to think they understand it, there are powers that be that then change the terminology in order to make it more elitist so that you and I, the ordinary average Joe, don't fucking understand it. It's snobbery. It's bollocks. I'm with Johnny. Tactics <laughs> are shit. Get out there. 11 versus 11. I, I must admit, I've, I've read the odd, the, odd, the odd tactical book in my time and it's moderately interesting, but actually, you can spend far too much of your time sitting at football. And uh, I think we've probably all been guilty of it to a degree. And actually, you suck the joy out of, of football and, yeah. and everything that you love about football and why you watch it and banter with the opposing fans. And you know, exactly. if you're if you're missing the stupid thing that the Fulham fans are doing and the, the reaction that the Chelsea fans because you're trying to work out whether Scott Parker's playing a reverse double pivot or not then fuck off who cares I'll tell you what I liken it to when I did my Paolo Di Canio's been sacked by the way oh, was yeah. oh, right. really? so the, the hot brick only stayed at Old Trafford for about <laughs> 10 fucking minutes before it got thrown <laughs> it's, it's that was the shortest problem, holding of yeah. the hot brick we've had this season yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, the only problem is that, that, that does give Roman another option. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they were talking about it on Sunday Supplement this morning that, um, uh, that Robbie Di Matteo was ready to, to step into the breach there. Right. Um, but uh, all I was going to say was, going back to Johnny's point there about the joy of being sucked out of football, when I did my op- open university degree, we did a summer school and we did a whole week based around the 60s and the decade of the 60s, part of which was deconstructing the music of the Beatles. And it fucking destroyed the joy of the music. You're just sitting there going, I don't want to know this. Thanks. Yeah. Because I actually just want to no listen point. to it and sing along to it, thanks. It's the, it's just snobbery and elitism. That's all it is. Sorry. But it's also... I don't, I don't know if it's quite that, but I did... You do long for the days. I know he's, he's damaged goods now, but you did... Listening to... Marino, it was fascinating about the low block and the high block, etc. But there was a part of me that, that wanted him to talk about, you know... Uh, giving it the eyebrows on the back post and the lollipops, <laughs> you know, so beloved. Of, back sticks. Of, that back stick. all that, you know, I want matter in there doing lollipops, you know, while what's it hangs around the back stick, and gives it the eyebrows, you know, as, as Ron Atkinson used to. Get, you know, getting it, an early doors reducer in there. <laughs> yeah, I just I, thought, yeah, I we could do with a bit more of that. But. I, will, I will digress because we, we're running short, so I will digress yeah. for a moment. My absolute all-time favourite, and it was, um, and I, I I remember the game well because it was when Arsenal were playing their Champions League games at Wembley and they were playing Fiorentina and I had a tenor on Batistuta to to, to, beat, to score and Fiorentina to win 1-0 and came in but his goal the goal that he scored bang a, a proper cracking shot ball, ball moved in the air all over the place keeper had no chance absolutely magnificent Johnny Dyer is 250 quid richer or whatever it was everyone's happy well I was happy anyway um, but 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 Ron's commentary on it was that shot was rising and dipping at the same time <laughs> the, law, the, law, the laws of physics mean nothing to Ron Atkinson <laughs> it's just, just as the laws of gravity did either <laughs> absolutely magnificent anyway I, I digress um, so I think we, we will review this over time and um as Mark said, only time will tell as to exactly where this goes and where we end up and how the team will develop from here on in. Um, coming up, we have four four away games on the bounce in about 12 days. Um, all quite individual, sort of different tests. We have um, 
Swindon away on Tuesday night in the, the League Cup. Um, Ma- then we're away. Starts, Matt starts for that game. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. Mourinho's already said he'll start the game. Oh, the hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right, okay. Interesting. Um, then Spurs away at um, Three Point Lane on Saturday lunchtime. Um, thereafter, we're at Stoibacarest and uh, Norwich on the Sunday afterwards. So, yeah, four away games. Could be quite a good indicator in terms of how our season is or, or is going. Not not that we would draw too many conclusions from it, but that's um, that's a tricky set of tests and all very very different opponents and um, and propositions. So it'd be interesting to see how we do out of that. Um, gents, anyone want to throw anything in on um, on our forthcoming run of games? Why, why is it arranged? We have two away away games. I don't know. In the, in the league. I would be I would be interested to know. I have absolutely no idea how, how that's come to transpire. I don't know what Villa the the no. Villa game that was shifted because of Super Cup, but it was shifted forward, wasn't it? So Super it was moved forward, forward, so yeah. it wouldn't have been that. Um yeah. I generally don't know. Hmm. Good question. Good question. Um October the 19th is our next home game in the Premiership, which seems a, 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 an eternity away, doesn't it? Is that, it's, yeah, it's, it's another month. Well, it we is, yeah, yes, Cardiff we've, City. We've not had, I mean, we, we, I mean, apart from Basel, we haven't had a Premier League home game for, well, it was, it, yeah. was a, it was a month between this one and that one, so yeah. Well, it was, well, that, that, that was my first game yesterday, because I missed the Villa game because they pulled it forward. Yeah. 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 Uh, and there will be another break then in October, won't there? Yes. Yes, it the will. International, uh, so... So yeah, the, ne- the next home game is Cardiff, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to that one. So. Oh, I'm sure yeah. that the um, I'll be weird. I, th- I think I'll be weird there. I think I think the key one there, obviously, without, it goes without saying, is the Tottenham game. Yes, and, uh, you know, some sort of they have to get some sort of result out of that. Not not because we'll have lost the league or anything mad like that. I just think if there's going to be any sort of confidence building and and you know feeling that things are going in a direction then you'd feel they'd need to get a point at least you, you at, need a result yeah, yeah absolutely no, um, no and they are Spurs are playing reasonably well they, they need yeah. to win late on which um, you know they've, they've done well this season so far not that we like yeah. it but they, they've yeah. got a, a and hopefully there won't be too much of this master and apprentice sort of nonsense you know well it's it's Sky's first yeah. telegame of the weekend so yeah. I don't doubt there will be a numerous amounts of bullshit yeah, AVB I, you know I'm not it's not about you know. It's not about all that sort of personal yeah, fact, yeah. really. It's that Tottenham are a contender this season, and we need to. I mean, the Man U's problem is is that they've they've lost at Liverpool, they drew at home with us, and they've lost away at City. Yeah. Now that doesn't stop you ultimately winning the league, but it's been a while, I think, since United would have lost quite so many yeah, games to their. It's not a great start, is it? For their contenders, you know, they're not measuring up against the, the contenders. So, um, I think the best thing I saw on that was, um, was Danny Baker. He said, in music terms, thought Man U post Sir Alex Ferguson might be like Genesis after Peter Gabriel left. <laughs> to, today, they're more like Wham after George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was very good. Um, in which case, I will. Um, we will. We will draw matters. Or we'll start to draw matters to a close. Yes. Um, we will. Isn't that what Mourinho said? <laughs> 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 Just top. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very good. good. Um, we will start to draw matters to a close um, by giving Tone a plug. He Thank is. Uh, he is getting on his bike. Oh, I, I felt that going in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. To- our very own resident of the potting shed, Tony Glover, is getting on his bike and he's going to ride 300 miles in three days from Newbury to Manchester. Is that right, Tony? It is indeed, yes. It's um, a bit of a windy route. Oh, probably a good job, I would suggest. Um, yeah. For Prostate Cancer UK, um, you can get um, get online and get on your, your mobile phone and so on and so forth um, and sponsor him. Um, you can text... T-Glow, which is T-G-L-O 61, and then the enormous amount of money you want to pledge uh, to 70070. Um, and I think you've got Just Giving page as well, haven't you, Tony? I have, yes. So it's um, justgiving.com slash Tony Glover CFC. Excellent. Um, so um, it's a worthy... And, and, 
and, it is. Uh, as, and, and, and Vodafone um, will match everything that goes in by text that's £100 or more um, and will give me matched funding on anything through the um, Just Giving page. So um, we can double up whatever we raise. Excellent. That's good. They could have um, I think we need, we need to look. Uh, someone needs to just write it down. We need to check what the... Uh, Vodafone share price is this evening. <laughs> it was two because pounds eight. Two pounds. Two pounds eight pence. Right, we're, we're going to watch that go south in the next <laughs> couple of months as the as the as the contributions to Tony's uh, effort pile up and they realise the drain on funds, drain on resources. There's going to be a share issue sometime before yeah. Christmas to try and cover the bill. I'm sure. Of it. No question. So. Um, but thank so, you for the plug. Yeah, good cause, and uh, it's going yeah, to be absolutely. a massive, massive challenge. Massive challenge. As, as you point out in your um, in your bag, you are more Chris Moyles than Chris Froome. So indeed, those those who have met you will know. Those who don't, well, you have a you have a, a delightful surprise to come, shall we say? <laughs> um, I think, unless there is any other business, to speak now. Um, no, I, I think that's. Uh, I, I'd just like to say that my uh, uh, junior played his first ever game outfield having done a, a year and a bit between the sticks Goodness. and uh, he scored in his first ever game playing out on the pitch Excellent. so it was a very fine moment in the Foley family you've, you've had and, a proud fun moment oh yes um, well, in which case, on that incredibly positive note, we will, um, we will reconvene in a week or so um, when we will discuss the, the games against Swindon and Spurs at White Hart Lane and any other nonsense that Chelsea related that comes up. In the meantime, we will say good night. Yeah, and LTB has done a nice thing on Fulham. On yes, website. he has. Go and have a look at that. That's uh, entertaining. Good night. Okay. Good night. Bonsoir. Yeah. Good night. Good night.